0: Praise God. I'm so glad each of you are here. Uh, some people that have not been here in a while, you're, you're here. And so we appreciate that. Again, I just want to reiterate again that this middle seat, middle row right here, is going to be for our handicapped persons. Uh, people who have—I uh, shouldn't say handicapped. People with—they're uh, um, not wheelchairs. What are they called? The rollers? Uh, walkers. Thank you. I <laughs> Maybe I need a walker. I don't know. Uh, wow. My brain is twice today. My brain has gone blank, uh, you know, so I don't know. I guess I'm getting old, uh, but maybe not. We'll see. Some, some would argue with that. Uh, but we, we're trying to designate an area where uh, our everyone feels comfortable and, and they're able to get in and out. And so we want to make sure that you guys know about that. And uh, thanks to Mike for putting up all that caution tape today. We're not saying our church is unsafe, but uh, they're going to be done hopefully with the carpet. Not this week coming up, but the next week after that. How many are liking the new carpet? Doesn't it look good? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a couple of announcements uh, I want to share with you before we get into our message. Uh, we are going to be starting our quarterly dinners that we used to have. Remember that? We're going to be starting that very soon. Amen. And what the quarterly dinner is, a quarterly dinner is a time of fellowship. So everybody just needs to bring like a a meal or something that would feed themselves and their family. We're going to provide sandwiches. We're not, you know, nothing fancy, just a lunch after church. We'll let you know when that's coming up, but that's coming back. Uh, starting next Sunday, uh, we're going to move the uh, Sunday school from up here. We're going to move it downstairs in the fellowship hall. And the reason why we're doing that is we're going to bring you donuts and coffee. Everybody like donuts and coffee. Hey, Amen. Okay, I like donuts and coffee, so I'm going to go down there to Sunday school myself. Well, I'll probably just grab a donut. Uh, But we just want to let you guys know that we're, after two years, we're finally getting back to the point where we're able to open things back up again. Amen? And so we're getting there. Praise God. Praise God. And there's something else that we're going to start within the next two to three weeks. It's called Lunch with Pastor. And what that is, is I'm inviting anyone who wants to come join me for lunch. I'm going to name it a particular day, maybe a Wednesday. Uh, we're going to host it here at the church. We're going to have soup and sandwiches uh, and just lunch with pastor. And, and I, I want to invite you to come spend some time with me uh, because I just think fellowship is good. Amen. And so just come and hang out with me. We'll talk about anything that you want. Uh, we'll talk about Mike if you want to. I think it'd be awesome if we did that uh, or Will. We could talk about Will. Uh, But no, (laughs) but we can just uh, share some time together because I want, uh, we haven't been able to do things because of the pandemic, but now we're getting to the point where we can open up a little bit. And so we want to, I want to spend time with you and uh, I want you to get to know me as well. I'm a pretty, uh, I'm kind of like a mushroom. I'm a a fun guy. (laughs) Okay, I'll get started. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that was good. That was good. You didn't expect that, did you? I didn't expect it either. It just came to me. Amen. Praise God. I am so glad that you're here today. It'd help if you laugh at my jokes. I promise I won't say any more if you do that. That's not true. (laughs) We've been talking about holiness. And we've all been we've been building up to today's message about holiness. Because today we're gonna talk about sanctification. And and if you were here Wednesday night, you heard a terrific buildup to this message. And I was Kind of upset with Will, not really, but he was like stealing my message notes. I said, Will, stop. No, but it was actually great that he did that because he really set the tone of what I want to talk about today. And because I want to talk to you about sanctification, I want to talk to you about what this means. And I'm not sure how many people even know what sanctification is. Just a show of hands, do you know what sanctification is? Anybody? Just raise your hand. Very few. Okay, well, good. This will be a great teaching lesson because. the the fact that we don't know a lot about it definitely means that we need to talk about it. And it's an extension of holiness. Let me give you my first verse. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. Okay. So don't fall asleep on me. If you fall asleep on me, you're going to miss it. All right. All right. Ready? John chapter 17, 19. Jesus said this. Jesus said this. This was part of his prayer for them. He was part of his prayer over the disciples and, and for us. He was praying for the disciples as well as us. When he said this, and, That's John 17, 9. And I I probably put the wrong verse in there. Can you roll up John 17, 19, please? That's my fault. I did that wrong. I can't blame them for something that I did. Can we pull that up? Putting all the pressure on Mary. But look at Mary. So she feels stress. She's going to kill me. You know that, right? (laughs) We'll give her a second to pull that up. This would probably be a good opportunity for me to tell another good dad joke. Oh, never mind. She's got it up. Okay. (laughs) Yesterday, we were, uh, we've been needing to fix my daughter's car because it's been stuck in the snowbank for the past five months and and, uh, jumped off the battery. Drove it around. I said, well, I need to drive it around a little bit to make sure it's okay. And we got over here to Mendenhall Boulevard and we were just going to keep going. And the car died in the middle of the road. And me, that's no big deal. I mean, I'm used to cars breaking down. That's just part of growing up, right? My daughter was mortified. She was so embarrassed. And uh, people were looking at us and staring at us. Of course, uh, uh, Helen came by and stopped by and uh, she volunteered Randy. She didn't get out and help us, but she volunteered Randy. You didn't know that probably, but... uh, uh, she goes. He's at home doing nothing. He can help you. <laughs> but uh, uh, and then Ezra sent me a message. She says I saw you, but I didn't stop. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, we got it fixed, and uh, that was an adventure. So if you see my daughter, she's mortified and embarrassed, It's because we we're in the middle of the road stop. We got the car fixed. John seventeen nineteen. Thank you, Mary, for bringing that up. I'm sorry I put the wrong verse in. And for their sakes. This is Jesus talking. I sanctify myself that they also may be, what's that word? By the truth. So Jesus sanctified himself. And then he also wanted us to be sanctified. He wanted us to be sanctified. Now, what does the word sanctification means? It means to be cleansed. And you're probably thinking to yourself, wait a minute, pastor, I've heard all my life that when I got saved, I'm cleansed from sin. Well, there's a little bit of different twist there, and I'm going to explain this to you. So bear with me as I go through a little bit of theology to get you to that point. But to be sanctified means that you're cleansed. It is actually the second work of grace in your life. The first work of grace in your life is justification. In other words, when we're saved, God says, okay, I accept you. I, I am forgiving you of your sin. I am forgiving things you've done in the past. So from this point backwards, all of that is under the blood. Now you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. What about, what about forward? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Now there's some, there's some uh, denominations that teach that once you get saved, you're always saved, no matter what you do. And I want to be very clear that that is not true. That is not true. You can turn your back on God. If you go out and commit sin, even though you've washed into the blood beforehand, if you go out and willfully commit sin, that is sin in your heart, and God cannot abide sin. And so therefore, I want to be clear when I say this, you will not go to heaven. Okay, you understanding me so far? And so there becomes a part of us that understands that even though we've been forgiven a sin, does it mean that we're okay? Now, bear with me, because that's going to fly in the face of what you've been taught sometimes. Because in our minds, and sometimes these TV preachers, they say, you've been washed in the blood, you've been cleansed, and everything's okay. Well, no, it's not okay. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because we still have a, a nature about us. We still have a fleshly nature about us that is not of God. If you were to hit your hand or thumb with a hammer, just now, maybe nobody does that, but I do, okay? Maybe you hit your thumb with a hammer or Maybe you prick your finger with a needle or something, or maybe you burn yourself on in the kitchen like I do all the time, right? My wife won't let me near the stove because I constantly burn myself. And by the way, guys, that's how you get out of cooking, okay? But anyway, if, if you do those things, what's going to come out of your mouth? You're going to go, well, praise God. Or are you going to maybe say something that you shouldn't say? right? I mean, we all do it, right? We all mess up, and that is part of our, of our nature, our fleshly nature that needs to be dealt with. That is part of our, our Adamic nature that needs to come under the blood, and when it, by coming under the blood, that is the process of sanctification. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 through 8 says this. I think I got this right. There we go. For this is the will of God, Everybody see that with me? For this is the will of God. Your sanctification. So I want you to know, based on the scripture right there, God desires that you be sanctified. Everybody with me so far? I mean, God wants you to be saved, But he also wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to be cleansed from that old nature. He wants you to be cleansed from those things that you used to do. When you come into Christ, you are a new creation, but we need to act like it. When we come into Christ, we are a new creation, but we need to act like it. You can't be who you used to be. God wants you to be better. God wants you to be more like Him. God wants us to be in His image, and we can't be in His image if we're acting like the devil still. We can't be in His image if we're acting like the devil still. That was better. We can't be in his image if we act like the devil still, amen? Okay, we're there now. You guys are awake, alright? Don't fall asleep. I mean, I know this is theology, but it's important we talk about it. God's will is for you to be sanctified. That's God's will. You know what you know what his will means? That means what he wants. That means his desire. That means that's his goal. Now, if God wants something for me, I'm going to tell you right now, then that's a good thing. It talks about this in James. Every good and perfect gift comes from heaven above, from the Father of lights. Everything that God has for you is good. So if it's God's will for you to have something, then Lord, let me have it. Amen? Praise God. The devil brings death, destruction, and he seeks to destroy you. But what God brings is life and life eternal. Amen. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual morality. I never thought I'd have to say this in the church. But quit sleeping around. Quit sleeping around. And, And just because it's not necessarily just sleeping around, some of the stuff that we're watching on TV needs to stop. How can you serve God and come in and worship God after watching that filth on television? It used to be that men and women would shut the door and you could only imagine what was happening. Now they just show it outright, and now they're getting much more bolder. They're showing men and men and women and women. Brothers and sisters, we need that trash out of our minds, amen? We need that trash out of our homes. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Anybody in their right mind go into the trash and try to get their meal? No. What do we do? If it falls in the trash, it's gone forever. Amen? Praise God. We don't need that trash in our home. Amen? Then verse 4, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Verse 5, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. Brothers and sisters, I am warning you today. I am testifying you today. That if you put these things into your mind, you are not a holy vessel unto God. You are not a vessel of honor. We need to move those things out of our life. We need to become cleansed. We need to become pure. We need to become holy. That is not what God wants for you as far as sin is concerned. God wants you to be pure and holy before him. Verse 8, verse 7, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. I'm going to say that again for emphasis, okay? God did not call you to uncleanness, but to holiness. In other words, if he saved you and he bankrupted heaven to save you, then he expects you to act right. He expects you to act like a believer. He expects you to act a certain way. Now, the problem is sometimes we have a hard time with that. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But I want you to give you the expectation, in other words, stop sinning. Stop doing those things that you know is wrong. Stop doing the things that are compromised yourself. And brothers and sisters, compromise your children and your family. Do not think for a moment that what you do does not affect everybody around you, because it does. It does. Amen? If you reject what I'm saying today, the Bible says, there, verse 8, therefore he who rejects this does not reject man. But who does he reject? So listen, it doesn't matter if you like me or love me. If you reject what I'm saying today, it's not about me. You're rejecting God. Amen. You're rejecting God. It is time for the church to act like the church instead of wondering who we are. Amen. (laughs) I heard this a long time ago. Somebody said if you were going to court for someone to accuse you of being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? When people come in and say, yes, you're a Christian, what do they come in and say, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they do this and they do that, and that's not what a Christian does. Or when they come in and say, yes, yes, they're a Christian. They're a Christian. What would they do, brothers and sisters? What is our lifestyle like the moment we walk out this door? What are we doing? How do we act more importantly in our home? Oh, how do we act in our home when nobody sees us? How do we act? Listen, I know we mess up sometimes, but come on, brothers and sisters, we need to act like men and women of God. We need to act like men and women of God. We need to be sanctified. We need to be cleansed. We need to put away those things that we used to do. You are not that person anymore. Quit acting like that person. Put on the new creation and act like God. Amen? Quit doing those things. Quit looking at those things and understand that the God of peace, the God of joy, the God of salvation is reaching out to you and saying, come over here and let's talk a while and let's do the right thing. Amen? You don't need that trash in your home. You don't need that trash in your heart. You don't need that trash in your life. Take the trash out. Amen? I'm not mad. Not mad. I know I sound mad, but the Holy ghost is on me right now. And the spirit is speaking. Praise God. See, when we come to the Lord, he's washed us in our blood. He's released us from that Adamic curse, but there's still a holy lifestyle that we need to attain to. Let me give you an example. Imagine you're in a house and you decided to play with matches. Okay, I know Mike's going crazy from his fire safety thing. You decided to play with matches and you lit the matches on fire and it starts burning everything and the house is filling with smoke and you're going to die. Everybody with me so far? Sad story. A fireman comes in and rescues you. Right? That's what they do. They come in and rescue. And of the one thing that they tell you when they rescue you. And they actually teach this in, in elementary school. In middle school to the kids. Don't play with matches or you're going to get burned. Right? Everybody remember that? What happens is. Is some of us. God has rescued us from the fire literally rescued us from the fire, God has delivered us from the smoke that was going to kill us, God has delivered us from all those things, but we go right back into where we were, and we take out those matches, and we play with them again. Brothers and sisters, if you play with sin, you're going to get burned, okay? you're going, Not just literally, but you're going to go to hell, and that's where you're going to get burned. Listen, salvation is something we have to work at, but God says, put away those things, amen? Put the matches away. Put him away. We need to be in his glory today. Amen. We need to receive him today. You know, the church once again needs to be separate. Amen. Amen. Let, let me say this again because I want to make sure everybody heard me right now. The church needs to be separate. As a matter of fact, the word church comes from a Greek word. I'm not going to pronounce it because it doesn't matter what that word is. But it means to be called out. That means we're supposed to be different. Amen? I'm going to say that again. It means we're supposed to be different. What's happened in the church is the church has brought in too much of the world in the church, thinking that's what's going to win people, and it's not going to win people. We need Jesus in the church. We need the Holy Spirit in the church. And brothers and sisters, sometimes, sometimes churches need to be sanctified. Amen? Sometimes we need to be sanctified. And I use that for the term of we need to put away things that are not of God. We need to only embrace the things that are of God. Now, I know we walk through this world. That's why God allows us to ask forgiveness of sin. But we don't need to put ourselves in a situation where we fall into sin. We need to get away from that. We need to get away from that. If you're an alcoholic, you're struggling with it. The worst thing you can do is to go to a bar, right? If you're a drug addict, the worst thing you can do is to go to a party where there's drugs. Then why in the world do we continuously put ourselves in situations where we can sin? We need to stay away from it. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you need to get rid of social media on your phone, do it. Come on. If... See, there's nothing but trash on there anyway. I'm going to be honest with you. If you need to get rid of your TV, then do it. You Whatever Jesus said, if you need to pluck your eye out, then do it. It's better to go into heaven with one eye than to go to hell with two eyes. Amen? Praise God. Now, listen, I'm not telling you to poke your eye out, but he was trying to use use an image that it is better to to go to heaven with half your body than to not go at all. That's how bad it's going to be in hell. And the church, if at all possible today, we need to rise up and be the church. And we need to act right. We need to do things the right way. Amen? Because the world, the world is tired of fakeness. Man, there's such a bad image of the church that's been created. Everywhere you go, I don't go there because a bunch of hypocrites. Now, Listen, none of us are perfect. But man, we need a good old Holy Ghost outpouring to purify us. But the Holy Ghost is not going to come until we take that step of cleansing. Did you know that? The Holy Ghost demands a pure entrance. He's not going to come into your heart in that manner with that power without you being cleansed. That's why Jesus said this, John chapter 15, verse 10. He says this, if you keep my commandments, if you keep my commandments. Now, I want you to understand the things that I'm telling you are not what Keith Green is saying. Okay? This is what God is saying. So take it up with Him if you're not happy about it. This is His word. He says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide. Abide means to live. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Brothers and sisters, if we say we love Jesus, then we're going to do what He says. Amen? If we say we love Jesus, then we're going to follow what He says. And the Bible said, it is my will that you be sanctified. See, Jesus wants the best for you. I mean, I remember growing up, my parents tried to get me to eat vegetables. They had this, and, and some of you know what this is. They had this vegetable called okra. Anybody know what okra is? If you're from the south, it's actually called okri. All right? So let me, let me give you an image. How many don't know what okra is? Okay, let me explain to you. Imagine, imagine snot. I, I, I'm not joking. Imagine snot wrapped up in a green leafy vegetable, right? That sounds appealing, right? And so Southerners, what they do, hey, let's fry it. It'll taste better. <laughs> and so they were one day trying to get me to eat my vegetables. With, it was fried okra. And, and me being the humble and loving and obedient son that I was. <laughs> put my arms like this? And I said, no. That did not go well for me that moment. <laughs> my mom's head exploded. And, and, and then she said what every mother says, you will stay there until you finish it. Right? So we had a dog. <laughs> I'm giving the dog this okra and even he spit it out. Okay. <laughs> I kid you not. This is the true story. <laughs> and the dog's like, I don't want none of this. You're on your own, dude. Because <laughs> the dog and me, we were friends. If there was something I didn't like, the dog did it. But right now, he's like, I'm gone. I'm out of here. That's the most disgusting thing that I've ever had in my life. It's snot. Why would you like snot, right? And so I'm eating this orchard. I'm like crying. I don't want this. I mean, I was like 18, right? So I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want this moment. I don't want. You'll stay till you finish it. This is my will that you eat this. And there was a little battle of wills going on there. And they told me something. They said, if you eat this, you'll vegetables, parents, moms, what do you say? They first gave me the line about children in Africa starving. And I said, here, ship them this. And that didn't go well. (laughs) uh, They said, if you eat this, you'll get big and strong. Well, as you can tell, I ate it. Okay. (laughs) Okra was a bitter pill. Now, some people actually like okra. They're, they're mentally unstable. (laughs) I mean, snot. Seriously, (laughs) you just have to see it. It's disgusting. Some people like tomatoes too, but we're not going to talk about that today. Okay. Some people like tomatoes, but we're going to let, we're going to let that go today. But the vegetables that my mom and dad eat were important because of the nutrients that it gave to me. And brothers and sisters, you can't have all the things of God without receiving all the things of God. Okay? You've got to receive from God. Because that nature that you have, that old Adamic nature, has to go. I'm going to say it again. That old Adamic nature has to go. It has to go. Praise God. It has to go. You've got to become clean. Paul said this in Romans chapter 7. He understood the struggle. Romans chapter 7, verses 21 through 24. i got to hurry because I've got a lot to go through. And the children downstairs get awfully anxious after twelve fifteen. Paul said this. If I, I find then a law... That evil is present with me. You know what he's saying there? He says, all around me, there are things that are not good, getting me to mess up. The one who wills to do good. I want to do the right thing. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In other words, I want to do the right thing. I I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. I, I, I I want to give. I want to go to church. But then there's another part of me that's like, oh, it's like a war. It's like a battle. It's like I feel it every time I give up that that I start to do something, but all of a sudden something comes up and I get tired or I get distracted. But I mean, I really want to serve God, but there's a battle within me. That's what Paul is saying. Then he says this. Verse 24, he goes, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Brothers and sisters, there is nothing good inside of us not one thing there is not the Bible says that there is nothing good inside of us we have to yield ourselves completely to the blood of Jesus Amen. we're sanctified in three ways let me give those to you very quickly you love me this morning Amen. praise God I love you too Amen. a little weak but I still love you I'm glad we can cut up. I'm glad we can joke in times when maybe it's a little heavy. And it's going to be a little heavy today, okay? We're sanctified in three ways. we Will talked about this on Wednesday night. This is the first one he got to. We're sanctified through faith in the blood of Christ. Amen. Hebrews 2.11. I'm going to go quickly here. Hebrews 2.11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hebrews 13, 12. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered outside the gate. Brothers and sisters, we are sanctified because we believe in the blood of Christ. Amen? That's the process that we go through. When you believe in his working power of the blood, you will become sanctified. Amen? We're sanctified. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. We're sanctified through the word. Now, listen, I cannot emphasize enough this. A lot of people are replacing music as a means of connecting to God, and that is not in here. I mean, we can worship, and that's okay. It needs to be part of what we do, but there also has to be this the word of God. That's how God speaks to us. And I, I find, you know, people who read the Word of God tend to be less argumentative. They tend to be less divisive. People who read the Word of God tend to pray more. They tend to get into a relationship with God more. They tend to be less troublemaking and more affirming. People who read the Word of God but tend to become people who become prayer warriors in the church. People who read the Word of God, people start to go to because they know you might have the answer and you realize you don't have the answer. It's actually the Word of God. People who read the Word of God, all of a sudden God starts speaking to them. He begins to open His Word and reveal Himself to you. People who read the Word of God have a relationship with God that nobody else does. It is special because everybody wants that but they're not willing to pay the price of reading His Word. Brothers and sisters, you're not going to get close to God reading a podcast or listening to a podcast. You're not going to get close to God listening to music all the time. You're going to get close to God by reading his word. That is what cleanses you today. Amen. When you leave here today. You will not remember everything that I've told you, but I assure you when you read the Word of God, it will come back to you in the moment of trial, in the moment of struggle, in the moment of temptation. The Word of God will come back to you, and it will speak to you, and He will speak to you. Amen? When someone tries to come to you and say something to you to upset you, the Lord will bring back the Word of God to you and say, fear not, i have not given you a spirit of fear. When the devil comes against you and begins to sway you, the Word of God will come to you like it did Jesus and say get thee behind me Satan (laughs) man we need to say that a lot don't we get thee behind me Satan some of us are having dinner with Satan (laughs) we need to say get behind me amen we need to get this drama out of our life we need to say get thee behind me Satan you got no power here amen Amen. hallelujah first Timothy chapter 4 verses 4 through 5 for every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Listen to this. He was talking about eating here. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. So the word of God sanctifies. The word of, and you know what that means? Because you can read the word of God. He speaks to you, and it changes you. Amen? Amen. Anything I say to you today, the Word should always back it up. The Word of God washes you, cleanses you, and challenges you to change. John chapter 15, verse 3, he says this, You are already clean because of the Word which I have spoken to you. This is the disciples uh, being talked to by Jesus. They were clean. They were sanctified by the Word. Jesus was the Word. Amen? He was the Word of God. So they were sanctified by it. Every time you read the word of God, you discover something new. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 26 through 27 says this. I told you, I got a lot of scriptures today. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. He's talking about the church. Do you know that God wants to present you holy and cleansed before his father? When, it's been almost, uh, it's been actually over 22 years. I, I took my then girlfriend uh, to meet my parents. They were living up in North Pole. And uh, we were living down in Anchorage. And I, I remember wanting to present this beautiful woman, who was still beautiful, by the way. I want to be clear about that. I remember presenting her to my parents. And I remember how proud I was because I remember the feeling that I got, that God had blessed me with such a wonderful, wonderful woman. And I just couldn't believe that she actually liked me. I, just, I was surprised by that. I mean, of course, who wouldn't? But anyway. But I remember presenting to her. And my parents became so overwhelmed with my wife. When my wife was, before she was still asleep in the room that she was staying in, they they were crying because they just loved her so much. And she just became instantly part of the family. And I remember that moment. And my wife thought maybe she had done something wrong. Like maybe they were crying out of sadness. Like, oh God, you picked her. But my family embraced my wife because they knew They knew that God had given me someone who was wonderful and made up for all my deficiencies and and was truly my helpmate. I want you to understand that same feeling is what God gets when Jesus is going to present us to him, a holy and glorious church. Amen. He's going to present this church to him and he's God's going to be excited. And that's what God wants us to do. But we have to become holy. Amen. We have to be cleansed, and, and, and part of that process is His coming in through the Word and doing that. Let me read this again, uh, that last verse. Not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Last scripture, Romans 15, 16. We're also sanctified through the Holy Ghost. That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. When you ask God to sanctify you, and, and that is something that you ask, when you ask Him to sanctify you, the Holy Ghost comes into your heart, and He begins to remove those things that you can't do on your own. Some of you have struggled with addiction. When you become sanctified, the Lord comes in and removes those things out of your life. Some of you are struggling with other things in your life. I don't need to go down the list, but the Lord begins to remove those things out of your life. But we have to invite Him to do that. God is a gentleman. He's not going to just come in and take over. In the same way you asked Him in your heart, you also have to ask Him to cleanse you the second act of grace. See, there's a grace to be saved and there's a grace to be cleansed. Do you know why I want you to be cleansed? I kind of talked about it earlier. Because I want the Holy Ghost to move in this church. I want the Holy Ghost to move in this church. And the Holy Ghost is not going to move where people are holding on to sin. Let me say that again. The Holy Ghost is not going to move when people are holding on to sin. And listen, I'm not here to judge you because I know maybe you've tried so hard to get rid of that sin and you can't let it go. Hey, guess what? I got an answer for you. His name is Jesus and he can take care of that right now. But you got to yield it to him. See, we don't don't like to give that stuff up because it's like, but I like it. I want to hold on to it. I remember talking to a young man who wanted to do something. He says, but I like to sin. I said, well, then you will never come. You will never come to the glory of God because it doesn't work that way. Personally, I don't see how you can like sin and love God. I don't see how you can like sin and say you love God. Because see, when I say I love something, That means I commit all the way to it. I give it my all. I give it everything. God gloriously has rescued us. But man, we still want to play with those matches. See, Daniel understood what it meant to be separate. You remember the story in Daniel chapter 1? They were, Daniel was abducted and taken to Babylon, and they were going to force him to eat the king's meat, but he knew that it wasn't right because it was improper. He wanted to maintain a, a proper diet before God because the Hebrews had dietary regulations and this didn't fit that. He says, just bring me vegetables. That must have been some faith there just to eat vegetables all the time. I don't know if I could have done that. Probably some okra in there as far as I'm concerned. But they brought him vegetables for 10 days. I believe it was 10 days. And after that time, After that time, the Bible said that him and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were actually fatter and looked healthier than anybody else. See, God's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to give you more. Every time I talk about giving and tithing, I get the nastiest messages from people. People accusing me of being manipulative and all these things. Listen, I'm not trying to take your money. I'm trying to get you to receive from God. I want you to receive. I want you to be blessed. Amen. When When I talk about, when I talk about giving something up, There is nothing that you give up that God's not going to restore to you 10, 20, 100 fold. But brothers and sisters, you need to give up that lifestyle that you're living because it's not good. All it's doing is bring you hurt and pain. Why would you do that? I'm offering you peace and joy. Now, I will tell you, when God's cleaning you out, sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes God does some things in you that he has to have surgery. Anybody ever had surgery before? Did you wake up feeling good afterwards? No. It hurts. But I tell you what, that surgery might have saved your life. I know it saved my life. And man, God wants to do some surgery on you right now. He wants to do it right now. He wants to sanctify you. Amen. He wants to cleanse you. Would you stand to your feet, please? Would you stand to your feet? I have two more verses. I know that's the last one, but they can continue to play the music. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, 22. Listen to this. Paul said this, now may the God of peace himself, sanctify you Completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to decide this morning, do you want to be a vessel of honor? See, it's, it's, it's available to you. It, it, there's no special treatment here. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care if you're a drug addict. I don't care if you're homosexual. I don't care if you're transgender. I don't care if you've had abortions. I mean, I'm just naming stuff off. I don't care who you are. The blood of Christ is available for everyone today. Amen? There's no respecter of persons. This truly is the last verse. 2 Timothy 2.21. This is the promise that I give to you. This is the promise. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Do you realize that God wants to use you? Do you realize that God wants to use you? There's nobody too old, there's nobody too young, there's nobody too infirmed, there's nobody too shy, there's nobody too extroverted that God does not want to use. I'm telling you, if you are alive today, then God wants you to use somebody. He wants you to go out tomorrow and reach one person. Can you imagine if you just reached one person this week? the difference in the kingdom that would make. Praise God, brothers and sisters. He wants to use you. Are you ready to be sanctified? Are you ready to be sanctified? Are you ready to receive from the Lord this morning? I want you to step out of your seat right now and come to the altar right now. Everybody who wants to receive that in your heart right now, come.